I am surrounded on every side can see the light of day but I am persuaded beyond all hope you won't let go of me I stake my claim on every word you say you will not be late and I will sing through fire and thunder cause you are on my side I trust you with my life I know Welcome to worship at Fusion this morning. We're so glad that you joined us. We invite you to stand up and greet one another. As we continue worshiping this morning, hear the word of the Lord from Psalm 18, verse 2. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock, in whom I take refuge. 
He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold.
this next song we haven't done in a while, but I think you'll catch on pretty quickly. Feel free to join us when you feel comfortable.
there are times in our lives when we don't always feel your presence in the ways that we could, when we sometimes feel alone. And Lord, we just know that you can come, you can come and fill our cup. You can guide us through both the mountains and the valleys. And Lord, we just pray that you would come, that you would feel very present in our lives, especially those who might be feeling the way that this song describes this morning. Lord, I pray that you would come in strength to them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. Good to see all of you here on this beautiful summer day. Good to come together and worship as a family. Um, before I do the prayer, I would like to invite the kiddos through third grade, if you want to head over to the door there with Miss Janet, and we'll say our greeting. Did you know you guys do better than the adults do? Yeah, I know. He's nodding his head. Oh, yeah, we got this. You guys are pretty cool. I would love to go down with you. Miss Janet, are you plugging your ears? Oh, <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So the adults, let's, uh, well, let's wait. You've got a couple more coming here yet. Yeah. We got time. It's summer. It's time to relax. All right. Adults, let's say, the Lord be with you. Awesome. Have a good morning, you guys. All right. Okay. Love hearing little voices. Love that. So I'm Pastor Mary, and I love, uh, love being able to share the prayer with you this morning. Um, just a very powerful morning. I think it's going to be Thy will be done. It's quite a topic, easier said than done. But I know JB is going to bless us this morning with a message. So let's, let's approach God in prayer as he softens our hearts, as he takes away all that distracts, and as we hear what he wants to say to us today. So let's pray. From Matthew 6, verses 31 through 33. Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we wear? What shall we drink? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And we hear from Luke 22, verses 41 through 43, where it says, And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down, and he prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And then there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. Our Father, we bow before you and we ask by your spirit, you bring us to this place where we are truly able to pray from the heart. Your will be done for your way to rule here on earth as it does in heaven. You know how strong our own wills are, and they are strong. You know how hard we find it to submit to your way in our lives. So help us, Lord, to embrace and to live out the phrase, let go and let God. 
Forgive us, Lord, when we want to control every aspect of our lives. We recognize that, yes, there are things that we can control because you empower us with wisdom, clarity, strength, patience, and choice. But there are far more things that we can't control. And that is often hard for us to admit and to accept. And then worry and fear take over. But fear is keeping things in our own hands. Faith is turning them over into the hands of God and leaving them there. We know that there are many in our community who are struggling right now, where distress is very real in their lives. We pray for those who recently received that cancer diagnosis and those that are currently going through treatments. And we think of Russ Vanderswag for one. So many others dealing with various health issues. For those in the midst of profound grief, whether it's fresh grief or whether it's seasoned grief, that place where we can feel so alone and lost. We pray for Anthony from our watershed community who waits the possibility of receiving a transplant. We pray for Zach and Ashley Gensink, Tom and Joan's nephew, as they spend precious time with their newborn daughter, Poppy who was born with several defects. We pray for our sweet, uh, a sweet one of our sweet GE Great Escape campers and his grandparents as they face the sudden loss of the boy's mother. Lord, for all the untold fears in this room, all of them that we face, we cling to your tender and yet your very secure grip. We recognize the real fears that accompany financial struggles. Maybe it's the fear of anticipating college for the first time. So many things have their grip on us, and we admit that we don't understand. But just as God sent his angel to strengthen you, Jesus, we too pray for that supernatural strength one day at a time. We pause to give thanks to that our children's ministry director, Becky, came through her surgery this past week. We pray for minimal pain, and we pray for recovery to go quicker than expected. May she baffle the doctors. We also shout out a prayer of thanks for those who have helped out in one way or another, whether volunteering or praying or providing financial assistance, supporting the many summer ministries that happen on this campus. We pray for the 150 kids who are going to converge on this campus in just a couple of hours as they embark on the 19th annual Summer Service Week. We give you thanks in advance for the working of the Holy Spirit in their lives as they serve in the Holland Zealand community and as they spend time in worship and time in small groups. We pray for Jolene to hear as she brings your powerful message to the kids each day. We pray for Nate and all the other leaders involved. We pray for safety and the well-being of each camper. May your will be done in and through everyone involved, bringing glory to you. In Isaiah 43, 143, it says, I remember the days of long ago and I meditate on your works and consider what your hands have done. As we meditate on your works and consider all that you have done, we are releasing what comes next into your hands, O oh Lord, and we're trusting you fully. We want to step into whatever path you lay before us, even when it looks different from what we thought we wanted, accepting that since the moment we took our first breath, life has been about change. 
we aren't the same as we were yesterday. For we know that you have bigger plans for our lives. So we submit to your life, to your will. We trust and we obey. We trust and we obey you with an eager and joyful heart. We will let go and let God. Father, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Mary. And good morning again. We'll try it one more time. Good morning. Someone's going to do like an over-under on how many times someone up here says good morning. And I don't know what that'll be, but how I many? We're up to three. Anyway, uh, I shouldn't clap in front of a microphone. Uh, my name is Pastor JB. It's wonderful to be here. Wonderful to see you all. And uh, we, we do have a, a, quite a bit to get into this morning. But before we get into that, just some, some, something a little lighthearted. Uh, I was made aware last week when I said that uh, the summer is kind of a dull time for sports, uh, that, that that didn't really sit well for some of you. So I want to just offer uh, some affirmation to the sports that you love. Any baseball fans? Yep, yep, baseball. I know some guys had some tournaments, some kiddos. I did mention baseball, by the way. Um, but I didn't mention Wimbledon. Any Wimbledon fans? Yeah, okay. Uh, I didn't mention... The Tour de France, there we go, Mike. I, see, I'm looking out. I can own my stuff. Uh, Belmont Stakes, I think, is in the summer. Any horse racing? Yeah, okay. Or, or U.S. Open, I missed some of the things. Okay, am I missing any other ones? <laughs> Women's World Cup. I did mention Women's World Cup. We got NASCAR. Uh, oh, Ottawa County Fair, any dirt, you know? <laughs> Crash Derby, monster trucks, okay. Cover our bases, we're good. Let's get into some more serious stuff. I was going to make the announcement uh, this morning that uh, it is summer service week, but Mary just, in her prayer, helped us uh, wrap our minds around what's going to be happening this coming week. Mary plays such a pivotal role. There's so many people who play a pivotal role in that. Uh, and, and each of us, when we give, and so thank you for your, your gifts, your tithes, your offerings. We have some offering boxes if you want to support. These are some of the ministries that we get to support when we give to Heart Awake Ministries. And I think that's just an awesome thing. So thank you for that. Uh, also, uh, coming up, uh, we have some opportunities for prayer. Uh, our, our, there's a prayer Bible study that's happening, and I just want to plug that again. They have two more sessions. They meet before the morning service, and so at 9, from 9 to 10, uh, Janice is here. You know, she'd love, she told me, anyone can come. Uh, even if you've missed the previous sessions, it's a wonderful time. There's a group gathering just talking about prayer, the Lord's Prayer. Uh, also, um, this morning after the service, it's communion, so we've been trying to implement uh, anyone who desires to receive prayer this morning, there's going to be a few people up, for, up front uh, for anyone who would like to receive prayer. And so please receive that invitation and step forward and encourage. Tuesday mornings, the sanctuary is open starting at 7 a.m. just to create an intentional space for you to get away. There's something about moving to a place to pray. You don't have to do it at a sanctuary. You can do it at home or on your back deck, but whatever it is. And then finally, uh, in August, we're looking at a Wednesday evening in August, start like six to eight range, um, this Pisgah, Mount Pisgah outing. And uh, we're putting a little more around that to try to make that inclusive for anyone who wants to so families can come, all ages, all abilities. Uh, we're gonna, for those who want to go up to Mount Pisgah, that's fine. 
but I, I checked out the parking lot, and there's also a beautiful boardwalk and just some picnic benches. So if, like, climbing Mount Pisgah seems a little intimidating, just come and reflect along the lakefront. There's, God's creation is beautiful all around us. And then, and then we'll regroup, and we'll go to General Store because it's a lot closer, and we'll have some ice cream, and we'll talk about what you experienced in prayer. And so email me if you're interested, jb at hardawake.com, but we're looking at possibly August 9, a Wednesday night from 6 to 8. So check that out as well. And then a couple of other announcements. Uh, Luke Kerrig, uh, Luke and Kelsey Kerrig uh, served faithfully here at Fusion. We're an interim pastor. Um, Luke was uh, here at the Fusion community. They're going to be in town. A week from Wednesday, there's going to be a dinner right here in this space. And that's going to be a time to just receive some updates from Luke and Kelsey, their ministry in Ireland, uh, as well as a chance to just raise some funds to support them. And so check that opportunity out. It's the same night as the Gem and Cadets kind of water fight. So if you're going to see, there's lots going on that night. You can maybe do both. We're going to try to do both. And then finally, just to, to make you aware of what's going on across campus, um, first of all, in our celebration community today, there was like four or five professions of faith, and they're going off-site to do some baptisms, so some incredible, amazing things happening uh, just across the hallway, but uh, they are in the process of interviewing uh, part-time uh, music director, Justin Rito, and uh, there's some information in your emails. Uh, he's going to be here next week, so just want to make you aware of what's going on across campus. By the way, you can always check the e your emails and the website for more information. But with that, uh, let's jump in this morning. Uh, we got a lot to get into, and this morning we're continuing. Uh, as Mary mentioned, Pastor Mary mentioned, our slow, intentional journey through the Lord's Prayer in a series we've been calling Teach Us to Pray. During the series, again, the hope has been to remind us of the beauty and the wonder uh, and the power that's found in these familiar words uh, that so many of us memorized uh, in, in a young age. And we've already considered the opening address, our Father in heaven, remembering God's goodness as our Father and his power as the God who dwells in heaven. We remembered the first uh, two petitions, excuse me, uh, your name, uh, hallowed be your name, and your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And this morning we look to our third petition in this prayer. It's the final petition directed directly to, to God, your, using this, uh, this preposition, uh, this pronoun, your, um, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Our focus this morning, as Pastor Mary said, is your will be done. So once again, we're going to turn to the prayer Jesus taught us to pray in Matthew's gospel this Sunday. Uh, the translation we're going to be using is the NRSV, the New Revised Standard Version. You'll notice only some slight variation from the NIV toward the end, a little bit of a teaser for the weeks ahead. Uh, but if you're willing, if you're able, I invite you to stand uh, as we listen as, and recite, as well as join our hearts in this prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. I'll read that first line, and then I'll invite you to join with me, beginning at Our Father. Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. Pray then in this way, together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, you may be seated. And we continue to join our hearts in prayer. Lord, we continue calling upon you, Lord. 
Uh, not only that your will would be done here on earth as it is in heaven, but, but Lord, that your word and your truth would be revealed here in this place as your people gather to learn and to hear a word from you. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would soften our hearts, that you would prepare our hearts and our minds, that you would open our ears to, to hear a word of, of encouragement from you. Lord, to, to, to strengthen our faith in the things we don't understand. As we continue to think of these words, your will be done. We pray this in Christ's name and God's people say it together. Amen. I've shared this multiple times, but uh, the, the previous church I, I served um, spent 10 and a half years uh, at, a, at a CRC church uh, south of Grand Rapids. It was an absolute joy and, and privilege to, to serve uh, the people at Providence and uh, people that we still deeply care about and love. Uh, and, and, and one of the great privileges of ministry, um, one that is, it's kind of impossible to really train you for in a seminary classroom, is one of the great privileges that pastors have, which uh, is to be invited um, into spaces when people are going through some of the most difficult and challenging moments of their entire life. And as a pastor, uh, you're invited into these spaces and um, the, the hope, I guess the prayer is that, uh, that the pastor would come and, and be the presence of Jesus to offer a word of hope, to just be present and to pray with people going through some of the most difficult seasons of life. Um, I, I remember many of those visits, in fact, probably most of those visits that I've done over, over uh, the years, but one of those visits kind of rose to the surface this past week as we were thinking about thy will be done. Um, it was a couple, an older couple. Uh, the diagnosis was cancer. Um, the prognosis was hopeful, yet a long, difficult journey. Um, and I was asked to come and, and to pray with this uh, couple for God's healing of this disease. And there was just one request that came as, as we gathered and we met and we were about to sit down to pray. And, 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 and the wife said, um, can you do me a favor? And she said, can you, can you not include that line, if it be your will, in the prayer? A line that I've prayed multiple times, right? If it be your will. And she said, can you, just, can you just pray for Jesus to heal and pray with boldness and conviction? That was her desire because uh, for, for her, that phrase, if it be your will, just kind of robbed the prayer of some of its power or its meaning or its, or its zeal or its passion. She just said, just pray boldly in Jesus' name. And, and that moment kind of, that experience kind of impacted me and, and, and in a way inspired me to, to continue to pray just a little bit differently um, our church had already begun to kind of embrace praying more boldly in Jesus' name uh, to, to recognize that we are God's children, right? So we can pray in the name of Jesus as children of God and claim the authority of God and Jesus Christ because we are God's children. If you remember... Um, a few weeks ago, Pastor Corey was here, and he, he gave this great illustration. Um, I got to watch it on YouTube, but I think I have it right. But, but on this side, right, this side was kind of the, uh, those of us who maybe were, were 
maybe reformed, right? And, and we were, you know, a little more timid about praying boldly on this kind of side. And, and so the, the danger was kind of falling off and, and, and kind of losing some of that, that oomph in our prayers. And, and over on this side was those who pray with expectancy and boldness. You remember that? If you were here or if you weren't, check it out on YouTube. Um, but but, but it, it, it was kind of, as a church, we were, we were a CRC church, right? And we were kind of just taking a little bit of a step uh, to pray a little more boldly. I think we were still really far from that far edge, but we were just taking this step, and I think it was a good thing. It was a good thing that we were embracing a boldness, and it was helpful for us to take these steps and to, to grow and to learn a little bit from sisters and brothers, from other Christian traditions to kind of stretch us. And yet it, 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 didn't, it didn't change the reality that's found in that, that tagline, if it be your will, which is what we're going to talk about this morning, that what is God's will? And, and, and how, does, how do our prayers and God's will kind of intersect and work together? That is, that is what we want to explore this morning, a, a difficult, uh, a mysterious kind of topic. But let's explore and let's begin with talking about your will. What, is, what does Jesus mean when he teaches his disciples to pray, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. What does Jesus mean when he refers to your or the Father's, God's will? Well, let's do a, a quick word study, if you will. The Greek word uh, here is the word philema. Do you want to say that with me? Philema, we can say that. It is a noun that comes from the Greek verb thelo. Say that? Thelo, uh, meaning to want, to wish, or really to desire, that is what the, the verb thalo means, to desire. It is a word used over 50 times in the New Testament, most often over three quarters of the time. Uh, the, the, the word is used, uh, thelema is used in reference to God's will. So it would be translated as God's preferred will or God's gracious and desired outcome or future. Uh, that would be the, 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 the context that's most often used for God's will. Jesus, in fact, often refers to his Father's will in the gospel while at the same time extolling disciples by those who follow my Father's will. And he, and he, and he extols them and he praises them and says, right, they are children of God, right? And multiple times. And, and really, I think this definition of God's preferred uh, will actually connects and relates to it in a couple of ways that we consider, and we use this term, God's will. There's, there's other ways that we understand or think of uh, this phrase, God's will, but, but the predominant one, I think, has to do with God's plan or, or outcomes, really. What is, what is God's desired outcome, God's plan, God's decree? When we think of God's will, for many of us, I think we, we equate God's will with, with God's plan. Many of us kind of think of in, in terms of that, right? We think of God's plan. In other words, how God has divinely and providentially orchestrated earthly events to bring about his good and perfect future. And, and we can use language like that, and that kind of sounds familiar. Of course, we want to recognize that there's, this, there's a mystery in that, Right? Now, Scripture talks about God's will in this kind of way, God's plan. Uh, an example is right there on the screen, uh, Ephesians 1, verses 11 and 12. We read this, In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works, who works all things in according, uh, according to the counsel of his will, so that we who are uh, were the first to hope in Christ may be the praise of his glory. There's a lot going on, but we get this idea of God working all things according to the counsel of his will. Now that understanding is, 
I mean, that's a really reformed understanding, right, of God's will. And, uh, and, and, and I think that's where the statement, where that tagline, if it be your will, I think at its best, we're, 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 there's a reverence in that statement. We want to submit to God's will, uh, right? But I think that that understanding of God's will is often also um, why, why when God maybe doesn't answer our prayer with a yes, that we, we struggle. And we're, or, or maybe we just have to, have to just say, well, I guess that was, was not God's will. Or, or, or even maybe a more dangerous thing, I, I think that kind of understanding of God's will is why countless Christians become paralyzed by major life decisions because of a certain understanding of God's will. When, when you're a young person and you're trying to choose a career path, or maybe you're, you're in a dating relationship and you're like, ooh, do we take the next step? And you're paralyzed on what to do because what are you afraid of? That, that what choice, we want to make the right choice so that we're not outside of God's will, Right? And I think that's the kind of understanding where we've, where we've taken this, this emphasis on God's sovereignty, we've taken it too far. We've taken it too far because there's a danger in, in seeing God's plan or providence in a way that, that soon begins to deteriorate and kind of, uh, let me say, a, a, like a fatalistic, like fatalism, like a fatalistic brand of determinism that diminishes our role and our participation uh, there, there's an understanding of God's will that, that kind of deteriorates where we simply become uh, kind of these puppets in a, uh, uh, playing a predetermined role in, in God's divine drama. And, and that's not what scripture says. God, God does have a plan and God does have a future and, and he is mysteriously and beautifully orchestrating things according to the, his perfect will. And, and really, I think the, the, the most helpful way to see that is, is when we look back on our life and you look back at where, what led you to where you are today and you see, wow, that moment, that moment, all these things lined up and brought me to where I am today. And I, th- I, like, I think, I, my wife is from California, right? And I, and there's only one reason I went to California was to be, well, I, was a, I was an intern as, at, at a church she grew up in. And, and the only reason I was an intern is because I knew the guy who was there. And the only reason I knew that guy is because we were on an improv to get team together at Hope College. And I think about how flippant it was of me and my buddy Lewis, who you've met, to, to actually join the improv team. It was like, yeah, you want to do that? I was like, yeah, we could do that. Yeah, yeah. And it was like that flippant decision brought me to California. Otherwise, I don't know if I ever would have met my wife. And I'm like, thank you, God, for orchestrating these simple decisions, right? There's something beautiful that God has a plan, and we can affirm that, yes. And as Mary prayed in, our, in the prayer is, is that we play a clear, we play a part in that drama, right? We, we, we have a will, and there is human agency. And Philippians 2, verses uh, 12 through 13 kind of, kind of balance these two things out. We read this, Apostle Paul again, therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purposes. There is Yes, God has a will, and yet we also have a will, and we have agency, and we make decisions, right? Going back to the, to the, the spectrum, Corey's spectrum, right? For those of us who kind of maybe in that Reformed upbringing, right, we, we emphasize God's will because there's a strong emphasis on God's sovereignty, you want to like summarize reformed doctrine and theology there's an emphasis on God's sovereign that God is God we are not it's kind of why I find myself kind of at a reformed church right God's sovereign that's good 
Uh, and, and in the Reformed tradition, there's been this high emphasis on God's sovereignty. And on this side, right, there's, I don't know if they would say it the same way. I don't know if they'd say they emphasize human agency more than God's will, but I would say they emphasize human agency more than those on that side of the spectrum do, right? And over time, like, over, over time, that's kind of been a lot of disagreement within the church. I think more recently, we've, we've kind of tried to embrace some of the mystery because both of these things are true, both of these aspects that God is sovereign, that God does have a plan, and human beings, there's a will, and we experience agency in our lives. Both of these things are true, and, and how they, the reality of how they interact and, and work together, there's been disagreement, but both of these things are true, and Scripture affirms both of these things, right? We just might emphasize some more than the other. And as we think about how God's will and our will and our choices are to think, as they, how those things come together, that brings us right to this prayer in the Lord's Prayer. Your will be done. And what does it look like for them to come together in our lives? Jesus' third petition begins with your will and continues with be done. What does Jesus mean when he teaches his disciples to pray? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How is God's, the, the Father's will done on earth as it is in heaven? Another quick word study. The Greek word uh, here is the word ginomai. That's a fun one. You want to say that with me? Ginomai, yeah. It is a verb that means to come into being, to happen, to become. Uh, sometimes it's translated uh, to be born, Right? Uh, properly, it's a word that signals an emergence or a transition from one point, one realm or condition to another. So think about, about how dramatic a, a child uh, that's in the womb is born. That, that's, 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 a, that's a transition, right? Or, or, or a plant that's in the soil, a seed that begins to sprout out of the earth. There is, there is something more significant happening than just the verb to be, which in the Greek is me. Right? There's something more. It's to become, or it's translated to, to, to be born. Your will become reality. And, and in that way, it's the perfect word to describe heaven breaking into our reality here on earth. And we talked about that last week. God's kingdom breaking into earth, but God's will, God's sovereign will breaking into our reality here on earth. Jesus teaches us to pray that God's will be done, that God's will be manifest here on earth because the reality that we experience today is brokenness and we want God's will to break into our reality. And how does that relate? How does that relate to what we've been talking about about God's will. What does it mean to pray your will be done as it pertains and in relation to God's plans in our lives? Now there's a lot of ways we can talk about this, but when we start talking about God's will and we start talking about God's plan, we're, we're getting into the, the realm from our experience and our perspective of outcomes. God's plan, what, what is, outcomes, right? And the brutal and the difficult reality of life in a broken world is, is that not all outcomes here on this broken earth are good. God's will is good, but not all the outcomes we experience on earth are good. And it's, that's especially true from our limited perspective. Like we want to we believe that, that the things that happen that we would say, that is terrible, that's awful. We want to that maybe someday into the future we'll be able to see how, how God took that and redeemed that and did something good, but... But if we're honest, if we're honest, when disaster strikes, 
when tragedy comes, when, when suffering continues, and, and Mary's prayer is filled with, with many of these things that we're wrestling with as a community, when healing doesn't come, we might not see any good. We might not see it. All of us have faced moments when, when seeing and even believing that God's plan and, and, and understanding or, or wrapping our minds around God's plan that is good feels just absolutely impossible. And, and trying to make sense of evil, trying to make sense of suffering, and trying to make sense of, of how that somehow um, leads to God's good purposes, like particularly when we're in the moment, we're like, no, thank you, I, I, don't, even, I don't even wanna go there. And I think this tension and this conflict in our heart and this dissonance is, is part of the reason why I think somewhere down the line we, we decided it was better to kind of hedge our bets and, and our prayers and say, well, if it be your will. Or I think maybe for some of us, somewhere down the line, this disappointment and the reality of brokenness in this world, you know what, it's, it's just... We just don't pray bold and impossible prayers. We don't pray for miracles because, you know, we've been disappointed before and it's too painful and it's easier never to ask than to be disappointed like that again. And so do we pray bold prayers? Do we pray and do we ask for God to do what only God can do? Or, or do we pray and, and submit to God's will? And you know what? I don't think we have to choose. Can I get an amen? I don't think we have to choose. I think there is another way to pray. There was a, there was a young woman, and uh, this young woman was, was still living uh, with, her, with her parents, under her parents' roof. And uh, she was young, and she was at this exciting time in her life. Her, her whole future was before her. Her heart's filled with anticipation. She was, she was engaged to be married, and she was counting down the days. Her fiancé was, was a good man who loved her well, and her future seemed to be coming together. Life was good. And then this young woman finds out something that would absolutely rock her world, puts her whole future into question. She's, she's with child. She's pregnant, and, and, and worse yet, the, what she knows for a fact is that the child is not her fiancé's. And suddenly, the careful plan she thought would be her future is gone, and all these questions remain. Well, well what will he say? What will he do? If you haven't put it together, his name is Joseph. Her name is Mary, the mother of Jesus. She's just had this encounter with an angel of the Lord saying that the child that she carries will be the Messiah. And she shall give him the name Jesus, which in Hebrew means Yahweh saves. Now think about Mary's perspective. This is not her idea, certainly. This is not her plan. In fact, she kind of protests in a very humble way. She says, well, how will this be since I am a virgin? After a few words of assurance from, from the Lord through the angel, this is Mary's prayer. I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me 
as you have said. Your will be done, not just on earth, but in my life as it is in heaven. Or consider Jesus, as Mary reminded us during her prayer, the Son of God, kneeling in, in the Garden of Gethsemane, praying. He knows that the cross is before him. He understands the Father's will, that the Father's plan is for him to die a brutal death. And even worse than the physical agony is the emotional agony of, of being abandoned and having his Father turn his back on him. He knows what's before him, and he does not want to go through with it. And Jesus starts praying. And if you read the details of Jesus' prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane, he's praying so fervently, so passionately, with so much energy and meaning that he begins to sweat, and the sweat is like drops of blood dropping on the garden dirt. And not only is he praying that fervently and that strongly for God to find another way, but he's praying for so long that his disciples fall asleep, not once, not twice, but three different times, his disciples fall asleep on him because he's praying for so long into the night. God, is there another way? Take this cup from me, he says. But Jesus receives an answer. And he understands what must take place and what is his prayer. Yet not as I will, but as you will. May your will be done. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. As we were talking with the pastors, Bill was talking about that, that isn't this Jesus drawing from the well of a prayer that he recited over and over and over again? think so. I don't think we have to choose between praying boldly and with passion and yet praying according to God's will. Here's the thing that the scriptures teach us, that we do not need to understand God's plan to choose to trust his plan. Understanding need not come before choosing to trust because at the end of the day, understanding might never come And you might find yourself at a place that choosing to trust is the only choice you have left. It's a place where faith is formed. Praying boldly is good and and probably a growth edge for many of us. And I want to say, yes, let's continue to embrace praying boldly. But sometimes we get to a point where all we can do is rest in God's plan and God's will. Our catechism, question and answer number one says, what is my only comfort in life and in death? The answer is that I'm not my own, but I belong, body and soul, in life and in death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. And the catechism goes on to say that that not even a hair can fall from my head apart from the will of my Father in heaven. At the end of the day, sometimes we get to a point where we just need to believe and trust that whatever we're going through, we are still in the strong and good hands of our Father, God. What does it look like to pray in light of God's will? I want to bring you back to the church I served for ten and a half years. Our modest little church, medium-sized church, I don't know, whatever you want to, in Grand Rapids, 
was learning to pray with more boldness. We were growing in our willingness as a, as a church body to embrace boldness in prayer. We were, a new prayer ministry had begun. Prayer time was happening midweek, um, just in the sanctuary. There was prayer after the Sunday service on the first Sunday of the month. We even began to, to, to embrace this promise or this command in, in James chapter five, if anyone among you is sick, uh, call the elders, anoint them with oil. Um, right, as a sign of God's power and presence in our lives. And, and largely, and maybe slowly, uh, we began to leave this phrase, if it be your will, this language kind of behind, and used it less and less frequently. And, and years passed, and we embraced power and prayer. It was good. It was beautiful. And then in 2015, tragedy struck our community. It wasn't the first time. But this one is different because it involved an infant less than a month old. And the more the doctors searched for answers, the more dire things became. And we as a church were desperate for healing. We were desperate for a miracle. The church bound together in prayer. This child in the hospital was anointed with oil for healing. And we prayed boldly in Jesus' name. We prayed and we prayed and then we gathered as a church potty one evening for a prayer service and we cried out and we wept together and we waited. And then after about a week, it became clear that the yes answer we were praying for would not come. There was nothing more the medical teams could do. The only thing left to do was to wait. And my ministry partner made one more visit on that weekend, a Saturday night, to pray for this precious baby girl. He said, I don't know if this is the right thing, but can I, can I pray one more time for healing? Can I just pray one more time for healing? And both parents, by now you can imagine, are just absolutely exhausted. But they agreed. But the father had one request, the dad, the dad of this little girl had one request and it's never left me and it's never left PB as well. He said, yeah, we can pray for healing, but he said, can, can you just, can you end your prayer with Jesus' prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane? Not as I will, but as you will, may your will be done. And I don't know exactly the reasoning behind it, but it was almost as if at the end of the day, after all the countless prayers prayed, after all the tears shed, the warm embraces, the encouraging phone calls and texts and scripture passages read, there was a firm grasp on God's will that was well beyond our reach. We did not understand how, why. But there was still a comfort and giving it back to the God, our Father in heaven, who holds us in our hands. May your will be done. It was as if we were praying, God, I don't understand this, I don't like it, but I got nothing left but to give it back to you. See, friends, the reason we can pray this prayer 
even in times, especially maybe in times of confusion and loss, to, to look to God's will when we have nothing left. And, and that somehow bring us hope is because we understand where this prayer began in who God is. That God is good. That he is our loving father. That he is a God in heaven who is powerful and able. And there is nothing that can separate us as we sang. That God is with us through the mountains and through the valleys. Paul describes God's will in the book of Romans as his good, pleasing, and perfect will, chapter 12. He assures us that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Do we understand that? Do we see that? Not always, but that's what God promises us, so that's what we choose to believe. And friends, it's around this table that the reality of that mystery becomes just a little bit clearer. Because around this table, we remember the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We remember that our Lord Jesus suffered and died, the Son of God, the Father turning his back on the Son of God is in some ways the worst thing to ever happen, that the innocent Jesus would be crucified and yet because Jesus Christ would rise from the grave three days later, it became the most wonderful, powerful gift ever offered because God is a God of resurrection. And we are a people of resurrection. That this meal is a foretaste that one day, one day when Christ comes again, we will gather in a restored creation, a new heaven and a new earth, and we will gather around a table. We will partake in a feast that is a remembrance and a celebration. And this is a, a foretaste, a reminder that, friends, healing does come. Whether in this life or the life to come, healing does come. For all the people that maybe you hold in your heart right now, that you miss and you long one day to see Healing comes and we'll be with them. For little infant baby girls, healing comes because our Lord Jesus has conquered sin and death. And this meal, friends, is a foretaste of that truth, that gospel. That is why we gather every Sunday. That is our hope and our strength and our courage. And God's people say together, amen. You join me in a word of prayer as our worship team comes forward. Lord God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth of the gospel, the life, the ministry, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, that you give to us the holy sacrament of communion, ordinary elements of bread and cup that point us to something beyond ordinary, beyond extraordinary, miraculous, wonderful, and good, a tangible reminder that your will is indeed good. that you have a plan and your plan included the death and the resurrection of your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, as we partake, as we remember, Lord, may you minister to our hearts to bring spiritual healing and emotional healing. This morning we pray in Christ's name, amen. Just a few brief instructions. Uh, 
when um, it is time, when you're invited, there will are two stations up front. Uh, we just ask that you use these center side aisles to come forward when you're ready. Uh, take a cup, take some bread. Um, you can partake at the table, uh, or you can bring it back to your seat, spend some time in prayer. Uh, whatever you need, uh, use this time for, and allow the Spirit to minister to you. If, if this is, if, if you prefer there are, or need, there are gluten-free options in the back. And if you need to stay at your seat, just raise your hand uh, and the elements will be brought to you. Uh, but friends, we, we gather around this table to remember that last evening, Jesus and his disciples, the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread and after giving thanks to God, he took it, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, our Lord Jesus took the cup, saying this cup is a new covenant sealed in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink of it, do this in remembrance of me. Friends, we gather around this table to remember that the, the body of Christ was given and the blood of Christ was shed for a complete forgiveness of all of your sins. And because of that, we are assured of the presence of God to go with us in this life and throughout eternity. This is the good news of the gospel. Invite our servers to come forward, and when they're prepared, come. All things are now ready. was where I found home. You were there and you're here right now. In every high and every low, you never left me without hope. You were good and you're good right your faithfulness I've seen you breathe life with me. I'll pour out my praise again you're worthy God you're worthy of all of this your promises never fail I've got stories I live to tell so I'll pour out my praise again Resurrecting now Resurrecting
it You're constant, I've witnessed it And I'm confident I'll see it again and again You love and I've witnessed it You heal and I've witnessed it You save and I've witnessed it And I'm confident I'll see it again and again You're good and I've witnessed it You're strong and I've witnessed it You're constant, I've witnessed it And I'm confident I'll see it again and again You love and I've witnessed it You heal and I've witnessed it You save and Invite you to stand and worship with us.
like to receive prayer this morning, um, to pray boldly uh, or to just find comfort in the goodness of God, receive that invitation. There'll be a group of us gathered just over here to the side. Just come forward to receive prayer. Um, And and as, as, as you receive this blessing, as we sang songs, as we gathered, as we partook in a meal, a foretaste foretaste of, of what is to come. The glory of eternity is beyond comprehension, beyond what words can express, but God gives us a foretaste. It's gonna be something like this. God's people gathered together, hearts turned to God, eating some good food, enjoying some fellowship, praying together, singing together. Go in that hope this morning. Put your hands out like this, if you would, as an act of receiving this blessing from our good and gracious God. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father Almighty, and the fellowship, the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forevermore. God's people say together.